Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Too Tall Stuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who has to leave early all the time, always leaving for all the weekends. You live for the weekend, don't you, Nate? Mr. <laughs> Nathaniel Paul Thurston, living for the weekend. <laughs> What an intro, Charlie. How's it going? I had to take, I know everyone missed my intros. I had I mean, to take that was notes. Fire. That was fire right there. Taking notes on what all of your nicknames are. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully everyone got all that. Uh, what was it? Charles? Charles Chuck. Chuck. Too, too tall, tall. Stuck. Stuck. Charles Chuck. Too Tall Stuck. Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. That's not, not bad. That just right straight off the dome, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> like been was, a... Like I was spitting. It's been a day. Uh, we had a, a bit of a sell-off in the market this morning. And uh, it it recovered pretty quickly, actually. And so I don't think... Cryptos? Crypto saw like a 20% drop? Yeah, I'm looking to add in some Bitcoin around the 39.5 level. I think Bitcoin's still bullish even if it comes down to 30. If it breaks 30, then I think it's going to go bearish. Yeah. I don't really have any sell levels. I like Ethereum to stay above 1,000. I don't have any sell levels. I have add-in levels. And so it's right around 40, right around 30. And right around 20. Yeah. And those are add-in levels for long-term stuff. All My right? crypto is a 10-year plan. Yeah. 10-year. My 10-year plans don't die. That's oh, okay. The, that's the main one that I have. Well, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. one-day plan? Uh, same one. Same oh, plan. Yeah. That's actually my plan every day. And that's your plan for everyone, actually, because if you guys have not listened to all the episodes, as you should, take the 406-episode challenge, I believe is where we're at. Today's number 407. So take the mother trucking challenge. You'll you'll realize we've been against death since birth, <laughs> and uh, that's that's how we that's how we just believe uh, life should go. We're just Antita, founding We're, members of anti death mm-hmm. anti Antita. Is what it is. Ant- so Antita. If you guys want to join that, what we go around, uh, what we do is we go around and make sure people don't die. Yeah. Now, if we follow then the lines of Antifa, that means we would go around killing people in right. the name of being anti death. But we don't do that. We don't do that. Yeah, we actually hold true to what we believe in. <laughs> but as Nate said, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast, a place where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning and whatever we feel like, because this is our show. So it's like... That's what you get. That's Yeah, it's Good Morning Liberty, and it's literally just uh, Nate and Chuck's thoughts. That's uh, it. <laughs> Charlie, we're going to start... For, thanks for stopping by. We're going to start with some good news. Before we get into anything oh. else, I think this is good news. Now, there's probably a couple things in here I don't like. This is Good Morning Liberty good news. But I think this is a good news. And we already covered this partially. We talked about Illinois' law that they were working on for some criminal Did you justice just say reform. Illinois? Illinois. Well, Ellen, possessive form of Illinois. Oh, okay. Illinois' law. Okay, gotcha. I just, and I didn't know if you. No. You had to pronounce I'm from, your I'm, own state. I'm from Illinois. I don't have to do that. <laughs> All right. So they did pass some cash bail reform. They're eliminating cash bail, Charlie. Mm. And I, a, a lot of people that listen to the podcast are more on the right, obviously, because we... Uh, piss off and push away all the leftists that probably listen to us. <laughs> but I really do think that people need to to grab your principles <laughs> and think about whether or not you should be held in a cell based on how much money you have. But Charlie, tell me, this is from Slate. I saw from this Slate. and there's one thing, there is one thing in here I don't like. Oh yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll go over this. 
from Slate um, has it's made it into the to the news. This is yeah. this is interesting. Mm-hmm. New Illinois law makes it the first state to eliminate cash bail. Now, obviously, New York City started this, I believe, um, but and I, we know that there's some data that shows that it's made it worse. But mm-hmm. anytime you try something new, it's not going to be perfect. Okay, folks. Illinois became the first state to eliminate cash bail entirely when the state's Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker signed into law Monday the Illinois Pretrial Fairness Act, which includes a host of criminal justice reforms. In addition to discontinuing the cash bail system, the new law mandates body cameras for police officers and redefines law enforcement's rules for use of force. The new legislation, pushed by the, pushed by the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus and passed by the State House last month, prohibits the use of cash payments in return for pretrial release because of the negative impact on communities of color and not just community of colors. It's just poor people. Yeah. Right. But it is 2021. Yes. So instead of basing bail decisions on the ability to pay bail will now be determined by judges and their discretion about a defendant's threat to the community if allowed to go free before trial. The practice of demanding cash bail has long been considered a poor people's tax by advocates of criminal justice <laughs> reform. All because, taxes are poor people's taxes. Yes, so. they are. <laughs> um, because those without the resources to post bail can languish in sales for weeks or months awaiting trial. Now, you guys have to like cash bail became a thing because obviously they wanted you to have some sort of a incentive to come back to uh, court. Like if, hey, we're going to release you, but we need you to come back. Don't go fleeing around. Okay. We want you to come back for a certain date. And if you come back for that certain date, you get your cash back. It's, you know, it's a. And it's also it's like a, a fee for like, hey, we just did you a service. Yeah. <laughs> now you owe us this fee. But it, <laughs> it, it could be anything, I, I guess. Be like, hey, we're, you know, hand over your cow and we'll hold on to your cow until you come back <laughs> for your court date. But of course we use cash. So it's an incentive program essentially. Um, but also it's, it's also a way for the government to take more money. Uh, that's also true as well. So the unequal access to bail is corrosive transform, uh, transforming even an unjustified or mistaken arrest into an extended jail term for the poor while creating incentives to strike plea deals to avoid extended pretrial incarceration that can have a lasting impact for an individual. So that's the other problem is that it takes so long to get through the court system that you can be in jail for five years <laughs> it's before you ever get through your trial. It's I'd... absolutely insane. Police organizations and prosecutors contend the measures in the new law are harmful to law enforcement, that the tightened use of force rules hamstring cops, making their job more dangerous, that dangerous criminals will now go free, and that the body camera requirement is too expensive. <laughs> they don't like any of it. The new law goes into effect in July, but it won't be until January 2023 that cash bail will be fully phased out to give local jurisdictions time to implement new systems slash change their budgets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, put the, that's, I put that on the end there. To get ready for the budget shortfall that they will have. As you mentioned, grab your principles by the horns. <laughs> and you guys have to realize that uh, as libertarians or liberty-loving people, uh, I we introduce the show every day. Liberty loving friends. Okay, now you may disagree, and that's fine. But if you look at this from a principled standpoint, right? We we believe in self ownership. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to believe in self ownership? Well, that means you own yourself. This is self evident. 
cool. Literally, a lot of selfs in this. A lot of self, yeah. Self-evident that you own yourself. Therefore, if you're accused of doing something that would put you in a cage, for someone to take your self-ownership away from you, so to speak, because that's what happens when you lose your liberty. Someone's taking your self-ownership. You no longer have control uh, or full control of what you want to do because someone is taking your liberty from you. Uh, before that's allowed to happen, you have to be accused and convicted of committing a crime so heinous as the cage you deserve. Okay. That so that that's like the, that's the moral argument. Okay. We can go through Benjamin Franklin's quotes and it's better a hundred guilty men go free than one innocent person to suffer. We, we have to, we have to base this upon self-ownership and that you're innocent until proven guilty. And there's no reason that until you're convicted that you should sit in a cell where your freedom is taken away from you. You haven't even been convicted yet. And, and, and the real problem is the, the speedy trial, because you have a constitutional right to a speedy trial. That's the actual problem. So it's, but we can't take people's freedom away because the, the justice system is too backed up. And if you want to talk about why it's backed up, we can go into the drug war and all kinds of other things, why the court system is backed up on things that shouldn't be backed up on. In, in, in Tennessee alone, we have like 80,000 untested rape kits. 80,000. Like the actual real crimes happening. People violating other people's liberty. And we spend all this time and the judges are backed up and they can't do anything. They don't have enough people or enough money because they're pursuing a bunch of garbage. So if you want to fix the actual problem that's going on, there's so many other avenues to do it rather than saying, well, since the system is backed up, then we have to make sure we keep people in uh, jail to before they're proven innocent. No, you have to prove that they're guilty. Mm -hmm. That's the burden of proof. And where where people on the right have an issue with cash bails, they say, well, this is going to allow dangerous criminals out on the streets. And the actual answer is sometimes it might. There might be more dangerous people out on the streets, okay? But here's what actually happens. It's going to allow dangerous criminals out on the streets uh, that wouldn't have had the money to buy themselves out of jail. Because already dangerous criminals who had money to buy themselves out of jail are back on the would streets. have been back on the streets. Yeah. And so your real problem is that there's no financial transaction happening. Yep. Because you're not sitting here saying that people shouldn't be able to pay bail and go back on the streets. That's The argument is ridiculous. You're okay as long as they paid a financial penance with them going back on the streets. Yeah. But if they can't afford it, then there's someone who has to be kept in a... You're literally revolving this whole argument around money and around someone's ability to buy themselves out of the government cage. That's an insane argument for people to talk about the Constitution and the Founding Fathers all the time. Mm -hmm. It drives me nuts. And I know there's going to be dangerous people that get out that otherwise might not have been able to pay for the bail and they're going to be sitting, uh, instead of sitting in jail, they're going to be back out on the streets. And that's going to happen, okay? But you cannot, and same arguments we have against the death penalty and everything, of course there are people that I would agree deserve to die for the things that and I hope they burn in hell, all right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, and um, of course, there are people that I would agree with that on. But I'm not going to say that it's okay to also kill innocent people because some other people deserve to die. You're, you're replacing an injustice with another injustice, mm -hmm. which equals, I had it written down, there's no justice. I wrote all the justice down on this piece of paper. There's yeah. none. There's no justice yeah. on there, okay? 
And so what, if, you're, if your problem is really whether or not someone had the money to buy themselves out of jail, that's insane. It's completely insane. Injustice plus injustice equals Inju- injustice. You heard it here, it's folks. It's not a justice. You heard it here, that. folks. <laughs> Sam says it sounds like we need some Coca-Cola sensitivity training. <laughs> we do. We do. Definitely. I, I just, you know, and I get people's standpoint, especially if you've been the victim of a dangerous crime or, or a, um, a heinous crime. I do understand that you have obviously a lot more emotional feelings about dangerous people being let out on the streets to commit more crimes. And so I, I do understand that, that standpoint. I wish that we could just know uh, who the criminals were going to be and we would just lock them up and we would have a perfect society. The thing about it is folks, one thing we talk about here, we don't like on this show and what we believe in the ideas that we talk about have nothing to do with creating a perfect world. It has everything to do with trying to make life the best that it possibly can be. It, we don't hand out solutions and say, well, if only we did this, then the world would be perfect, as you hear many other ideologues do. That's not what we do here. What we do here is we explain the reality of the situation and that we have to base everything that we do on a set of principles, on a set of determining, fact, determining factors that are unbiased, essentially that come from a place uh, from nature or from God or from wherever you want to say, but they have to be a predetermined set uh, of it has to be a predetermined set of narratives and rules and principles that we follow uh, regardless of who's going to take advantage of that or not. And of course, like we want, you know, dangerous people to not be allowed to commit dangerous crimes. But at the same time, what we see too often is by trying to prevent dangerous crimes, by trying to prevent uh, criminals, we end up harming more people who are free. Take gun laws, for instance. I mean, this is, you know, I don't know if it was Thomas Sowell or who said it, but, um, you know, with a new gun legislation they're trying to introduce, they're not, you're not going to be punishing criminals. You're just going to be punishing a bunch of law-abiding citizens. So it's like we have to take into consideration the freedom and the liberty that that regular people are willing to give up just to catch a few bad guys, and it's not worth it. It's not worth it at all. The other thing I would add in is the the racial aspect of this, and of course, like everything, we talk about how it's a it's a racist law or it disproportionately affects people of color, and then we'll say that that is some kind of systemic racism. And my my still constant argument on this is rules like cash bail, where you have to pay money to get out of jail affect people of a lower economic status, regardless of what color they are. It will affect people who don't have any money. That's who it's going to affect. And statistically, that is going to be more of the minority population. But it doesn't mean that the law itself is racist. It could have been rooted in, uh, it could have been some racists that that put the laws in there. I don't know. I, I don't know who put the laws in there. Right now, I think it's time that we get rid of it. I think everyone needs to follow Oh God! Can I get? Can I finish that sentence? Ooh. I think everyone needs to follow what Illinois is doing. Oh, oh man! Did you just throw up in your mouth as you finish that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So if you disagree with that, let us know why you just found out that you're wrong by sending us an email to Nate at GoodMorningLiberty.us or Charlie at GoodMorningLiberty.us. Let us know what you think. Um, hey, before you tell me about the next one, I got to tell you about Run Your Mouth Coffee. Mm. Is it time for Run Your Mouth Coffee? I believe it is. I need coffee today. Folks, 
Go to RYM, which stands for Run Your Mouth, RYMCoffee.com. Use the promo code GOODMORNING, all one word, Good Morning for a 10% off plus free shipping. Run Your Mouth Coffee was founded by two liberty-loving podcasters, John Odermatt, which you guys know from Finding Freedom on Lions of Liberty, and Ben Pengi, Homesteads and Homeschools. Ben and John have set out to bring fresh, roasted, delicious coffee to your doorstep and to use these bold, beautiful beans as a vehicle to promote uncensored speech because we don't like when you censor us, okay? At Run Your Mouth Coffee, they take your freedom and to speak and express yourself seriously. All of their coffee is roasted to order, folks. That means that you're going to see receive via free shipping and 10% off your fresh roasted coffee at its peak flavor. All coffee varieties are available in both ground and whole bean. Promo code for 10% off and free shipping. Use the promo code Good morning, all one word, lowercase, good morning, R-Y-M coffee, run your mouth coffee, where delicious coffee meets uncensored speech. And boy, is it delicious. That was some beautiful bean footage, Charlie. Oh, man. That was really good. You should hire me. I should. I'm going to put you on the payroll. Perfect ad read. Okay, we'll do another one here. I I did, I, I said before we started, and I don't think I said it on the podcast yet, but told everyone in the Patreon group. I have a, a one-on-one session, coaching session for the Liberty Trading Academy that I have to do. And I got to bounce out the podcast first and edit it and release it and send it out and have time to do all that and go home. So I'm not at Charlie's house until like 6.30 doing this call. So we are going to be going a little bit short today. Charlie, do you want to talk about which one of these do you want to cover? Do you want to cover the uh, 10 crazy waste uh, in the uh, 10, 10 yes. crazy examples of waste? Let's do that. So this is a good one. I tried to go away from uh, picking the same sources that we use every day. I actually had some from CNBC in here. We just did something from Slate. I feel I feel bad about it, uh, but there will be a link to Slate in our in our podcast notes. But this comes from Fee. Ten crazy examples of unrelated waste and kickbacks in the new COVID bill. Mm. This is imagine you, that. This is your money. You know, when you guys go out and you produce things and you make money, and then the government forcefully takes it either out of your paycheck or you have to send them a check at a certain point during the year. This is what some of your money goes towards. And actually, since this is all being done on debt and fake money, this is what some of your grandchildren's money is going to go towards. So, you know, when their children, yeah, when they're trying to get ahead and when they're trying to save up money and make a better life for themselves, this is where some of it's going. Okay. So, President Biden's proposed $1.9 trillion additional COVID-19 spending. He's asking Congress to authorize another round of checks, more expanded un- unemployment benefits, a $15 minimum wage, and much more. Over the weekend, House Democrats finally released the text of the 600-page bill meant to make Biden's broad COVID proposals a legislative reality. Only 600 pages. That's a, that's a, that's short, a short story. That's a short bill right there. We should require that all the bills be in audio form before they can be voted on. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should do that. They should all be put on Audible for free. I'll record them. Yeah. <laughs> Give them to me. Uh, number one, a billion dollars for racial justice for farmers. What? Racial oh, justice okay. for farmers. The $1.9 trillion coronavirus stimulus package being pushed by Biden puts more than a billion towards socially disadvantaged farmers and related groups, including an equity commission agricultural training and other assistance to advance racial justice in farming okay been a really big deal and they're um, just they're all about creating federal jobs yeah everything is a new commission they gotta have a commission they create yeah lord half mercy all right 50 million dollars for environmental justice grants 
fifty million dollar. They're not as important, obviously. No, I mean environmental. Ju- this obviously proves they don't care as much about climate change as yeah. they do about farmers. But uh, the legislation allocates fifty million for environmental justice grants via the Environmental Protection Agency, one of our favorite agencies in the entire world. <laughs> The Republican Study Commission decreed, decreed, decreed these grants as decried. a decried. That means they didn't like it, and they were shouting down about how terrible it was. These grants as a thinly veiled kickback because much of this money will end up going to left-wing political groups. They're saying and uh, political donations, mm-hmm. things like that. Hundred twelve million dollars for the. This is in the COVID relief bill because the, here's what happened: the government shut down the economy, okay, and the economy crashed. And millions of people lost their jobs and millions of people having a hard time making ends meet, paying all their bills. And so in the COVID relief package, what we need is $112 million for a California transit project. For a specific state. Yeah. In an expenditure with zero connection to COVID-19, the new bill allocates $112 million for the Bay Area Rapid Transit Expansion Program. The money would largely go to a specific underground rail project in Silicon Valley, which planning has been going on for several years, but has not yet broken ground. Maybe it's going to the boring company. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, $10 million for Native American language preservation. Huh. Walks with trees. How do you feel about that? Pretty good? I, you know, whatever we can do to protect it. <laughs> All right. $200 million for museum and library services. Mm. That was one of the, what I saw a lot of people complaining about as they were in food lines around the country was the severe effect that the COVID economic crash had on museum and library services. That was one of the biggest things. That's, Actually, they sent out forms and that's that was, what it was. That was one thing that the COVID-19 response team talked about daily. <laughs> yeah. Museum, museums and libraries are for the most part closed across the country. Yet under the bill, the Institute of Museum and Library Services, the Institute of Museum and Library Services, Hey, who do you work for, man? I work for the IMLS. 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 They're going to be allocated $200 million in your grandchildren's money. The, the article says, did you even know that was a thing? No. No. No, I did not know that was a thing. <laughs> $750 million to promote global health. Global. Oh worldwide. God. One might expect the U.S. Congress's COVID-19 legislation to focus on the U.S., but the new legislation allocates a whopping $750 million for the CDC to spend on global health problems and vaccination efforts in other countries. I love paying for other people's stuff. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, paying, paying for other people's stuff. Yeah, that's what I live for. That's great. $750 million for Native American housing. The bill also allocates $750 million on top of existing and prior funding for housing assistance and supportive services programs for Native Americans. Expansion mm. on Obamacare subsidies. Number eight, House Democrats have long sought to expand Obamacare subsidies and eliminate caps that prohibit them from going to high-income individuals. Unable to find the votes to do so via the normal legislative process, they simply slipped the partisan priority into their COVID relief legislation. And if you don't vote for it, then you don't care about people getting health care. Exactly. That's, that's what happens. Ugh. Billions for public schools, whether they reopen or not. Okay. This legislation doles out $129 billion for K-12 schools, ostensibly earmarked for helping them reopen. But it's actually just a handout. <laughs> they get the money regardless of whether they reopen or not. There's no stipulation in the bill saying that they have to reopen after they receive the money. Just 
and much of it is allocated for spending in 2022 through 2028. Through 2028, we're messing we're in the COVID relief bill that has to be passed right now in 2021. $129 billion, by the way, is double the current yearly budget for the Department of Education. The whole Department of Education has a budget of about $63, $65 billion, something like that. I'm going to puke. They're tripling the amount of money we'll spend, and the schools aren't even open. And they don't have to open. And they don't have to open. Yeah. We're in the wrong business. I know. I know. Uh, and then there's, they said, countless projects for powerful lawmakers. For an example, for an example here, one glaring example of the corruption and cronyism peppered throughout this bill comes courtesy of $1.5 million. It allocates to the Seaway International Bridge. The bridge connects New York to Canada and is a priority for New York Senator Chuck Schumer. The Wall Street Journal notes. That comes from the Wall Street Journal. Because of his friends. Because it's probably in his district and the, some people who own a construction company are probably going to donate a decent amount to his campaign. Mm -hmm. And so they need this $1.5 million. And what sucks is you hear some of these figures like $1.5 million. <laughs> that's not even a round. You say that's a rounding error or something. That's not even a rounding error. Yeah. That's a joke. There's probably trash cans of $1.5 million in them sitting around all the government buildings all around. Just, just money stuffed in drawers and closets all over the place. This kind of stuff just, oh, man, it's hard. I almost shut down. Like, I don't know what to say because I'm so disgusted. And it's like we, we can talk about this. The mainstream media doesn't talk about it. No one else talks about it. There's a few, you know, Republican like Ram, you know, Ram Paul and a few people out there who will talk about this. But this will, you know, something like this bill is going to be passed and we're just going to be stuck with it. And we keep voting in the same people that keep doing the same things. And we wonder why we end up in the situation that we end up in. It's just like, it's so disgusting. And I, I get so frustrated and angry. And then I just continue to take it up the tailpipe <laughs> without any lube. Uh, Charlie, I want you to tell, we'll go through this. This is a quick, fun story real fast that someone just posted, posted in the Patreon group. And I think we need the cover just for a little bit of lightheartedness because it's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous, man. And this is a good dumb bleep. But here, okay, so Southern California woman's new ID, her new ID, her official ID mm. is with her and she's wearing a mask in the photo. In the photo of her ID Her official too? ID. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we can tell who you are. And she even talked to them. <laughs> do you want to do the story you want me to read? It? Is this uh, right? Southern right California. Yeah. So this from uh, Fox LA. After over two hours in line, Pilgrim said her biggest fear. That's her name. That's her name. That's Pilgrim. good. Okay. She said her biggest fear was being sent to the back of the line for not following COVID-19 protocols. So being mindful of others, she chose to not remove her mask until she was told to do so. When I got up there, I got to the front of the line. I didn't take it off. I got in front of the backdrop to take my picture. I still didn't take it off. Nobody said anything. And then the next thing that anybody said to me was look into the camera. And then I heard a click. And then I realized he had taken the picture with my mask on. Pilgrim recalled. She said she immediately knew that the mask in her photo was an issue. So she waited until the DMV employee noticed that she still had her mask on in the photo. He must have realized, well, that can't work. So he said, now you can take your mask off and look into the camera. After the DMV employee snapped the second image of Pilgrim without her mask on, she assumed the mistake was fixed and finished up her appointment and called it a day. 
The DMV told her that it was a valid government-issued ID and that she could keep it, if she chose to, for the next five years. However, Pilgrim said she intends to get a new ID because she doesn't want to risk it with the TSA. She has a new DMV appointment on Friday and plans to frame the mask ID for her kids one day. It's this. She contacted the DMV and they told her it was a valid government issued ID and she could keep it. You can keep it. It's with the mask on. No problem. It's of a it's a photo ID where yeah. you look at someone's face. Now this, we can talk about whether or not we need to have IDs. Okay, that's right. not the argument today. I may try this actually. The Sounds. argument is this is the government doing one of its jobs that it said it has to do to keep everyone safe or whatever it is, whatever uh-huh. the BS reason is. And this person's face is probably 60% covered in the photo. It's it's insane. That is the government doing its job. Oh, Pilgrim. Good job. Good job. Okay, Thanks guys. For being an outstanding citizen, Pilgrim. I have got to go. I'm so sorry, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to tell you all about the Liberty Trading Academy and the fact that you can go to mastermysongs.com and use the promo code SAVE20 to get 20% off your first two months. I'm not even going to talk about it today. All right, because we don't have enough time. So you want to use that promo code SAVE20 to get 20% off your first two months at mastermysongs.com. You stay classy. And if you had time, you would go into it. Yeah, if I had time, time, I would let you know. But instead, we got to do yeah. Patreon and then... So, mastermytrades.com. If we had time, we'd tell you about it. But just go check yeah. it out. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Liberty. Y'all get on this Discord server, post them gifts and memes. They're so hilarious. We get made fun of and we appreciate it. So join in. I just had somebody message us on Facebook, said they're going to join. So we really appreciate all of you guys joining. And it's only five bucks a month. Come on. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. By the time inflation rolls around over these next couple years, it's going to be pennies. Okay. So get in. It's basically nothing. (laughs) And and it's it's so much fun. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. (laughs) Share the show with a friend. Please share the show with a friend or an enemy if you uh, want to uh, continue to grow the show. Share it with someone. Share it with someone you love. Share it with someone you hate. And leave us that rating review. You stay classy. Good morning, Liberty. Have a good day. All men and women created by the goal. You know the, you know the thing.